This is Talking in Stations, a show about EVE Online. I am your host, Artemis Albosa. Joining me today on the show, on camera even, we have Arcia Elkin. Hi, thanks for having me on. And we also, off camera, have Shen. Hello, hello. Arcia, we had you on the show very recently, but nonetheless, could you please tell the audience a bit about who you are and what you do? My name is Arcia Elkin. I am a member of CS on the 17. I am a fleet commander for a leftist Matari and a Twitch streamer. Awesome. And Shen, it's been a few shows since you've been on. How about you? Can you tell the audience about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm a member of Arcarus. So we are a member lines in the Imperium. So we live down in the south. Mainly I do a lot of like null stuff, like sometimes writing, exploration, and some industry as well. Awesome. So we've got a bit of a packed show today, which is why we have a couple of guests on to talk about things. Arcia, you have a hard stop. So I think where we're going to begin is with faction warfare and the systems that are being conquered with like the stellar transmuters in them. And then a little bit later on, we will look into some dev blogs that have been posted, Halloween Horrors that's ongoing, a sneak peek of the Uprising expansion, and all of the various bits and pieces of info that have been coming from EVE Vegas. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. First, can you set the stage a little bit, Arcia, and just recap briefly, what does Faction Warfare look like right now, and what are these like stellar transmuters, and how do they play into it? Alright, so the thing with the stellar transmuters is that a little while ago, we saw that the Amar Empire in Minmatar and Amar space, there, there's a vent in, in each of the war zones in Keldar and Galente space and in Minmatar and Amar space. In Minmatar and Amar space, in specifically three systems on the Minmatar side of the war zone, the Amar Empire was seen to be constructing stellar transmuters around the stars that are very much derived from the ones that Triglavians used during the invasions. This is notable because during the invasions, the only system that was flipped that was taken to Triglavian stage two, where a stellar transmuter was put down and then flipped back and captured by Edencom to capture the stellar transmuter, was in a Mars space by an international group of capsuleers. So the storyline is basically that the Amar are weaponizing this technology that the Edencom efforts got them against the Minmatar in the war zone. More recently, the transmuters have started to go online during this event where the empires are gathering stellar observation data. So there's two ways for the empires to gather stellar observation data, and where each of them are trying to fill up a bar to complete some objective. One of the ways, and probably the more significant way, is by holding the three systems with these stellar transmuters. They are Turner, Vard, and Agmar. Over the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of fighting in Vard and then Agmar as Minmatar militia sieged both systems and successfully flipped them from Amar to Minmatar. So as things stand, the Amar still hold the transmuter in Turner and the Minmatar hold the transmuters in Agmar and Vard. Neither side on the Minmatar-Amar side has finished their bar, so there's a lot, lot more to go. The, the Kaldari have finished their bar with the mining event. 
So like there's a gate now from to to Samanuni that can be used when Kaldari have that system. But uh, I was about to ask, so I, I heard a thing, but I haven't been find, able to find a dev blog or anything to confirm it. Does the gate shut off when Kaldari no longer own that system? So I'm not entirely sure. Like my, my gut is that yes, it, it probably does, but I guess we'll find out if Kaldari lose it at some point, <laughs> right? Is there any chance of that happening? I don't know how much you're familiar with the Kaldari Galente I, Warzone. I really, I don't think there's currently much of a chance. I don't think it's under serious threat at the moment. As time goes by, it's, it's almost certain to happen sometime in the future, just with the nature of action warfare. Though, though maybe, maybe that nature will change after the updates drop. Um, but I don't think Athenon is in immediate danger. Not that I've been paying the most attention to the, the levels of, of contestation over there. Well, let's have a look real quick. And then I do want to talk about the conquering of Vard and Egmar. Because last time we had you on the show, I am 99% sure... They were still owned by the Amar. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the Amar had a, a vice grip on all three transmitter systems at the start of the event. And I suppose that's sort of how the transmitters started getting constructed, because the Amar had the technology from this conquered and flipped triglavian system, yes? Well, they had the technology from a system during the... Yeah, their system from back during the invasion, which is currently an Amar high sec, like way over in Domain. But they they held these three systems that are on the Minmatar side of the border from the faction warfare mechanics. So yeah. Okay, it looks like Athunan is one hundred percent owned by Kaldari. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be contested not, at all. It's not really under significant threat. Okay, so I'm looking at the Amar versus Minmatar Warzone map at the moment. Very much on the north of like this map, the way that it's displayed, it seems to be pretty heavy Mimitar. The south, there's quite a bit of Amar, but there are many, many contested systems. The ones we yeah. want to focus on, Egmar and Vard, seem to both be pipe systems. Is that right? Well, Vard is in that big, big cluster around Amamake in the head constellation. It's like, it looks like a couple pentagrams, right? Like that mm -hmm. whole constellation. Agmar is a pipe system, kind of. It's like at the junction of like the um, the Taff pocket, and then like that that other pipe that leads towards like Euglidae through like Arfarald and Klikor. and then the the other direction goes to like Arnher and Avadi and and all those systems over there in those two little pockets. So it's kind it's kind of a system people pass through a lot. When the event started, the, the way faction warfare currently works is there's kind of a tide that comes in and a tide that goes out, and the farmers flip between sides a lot. But, like, during the event, the tide has started to change, and that kind of gave the Mitmatar an opportunity to make a heavy push towards these systems and not be passively losing, like, every other system that they care about at the same time. because. They, that means they can like just heavily concentrate on like because in order to push a system, especially push a system against resistance, you have to basically be in it twenty four seven almost and have a presence and be trying to contest and run 
all the time because like if if you're stronger in u.s time zone and they're stronger in eu time zone and you have about the same amount of time in what you're stronger you're just going to be deleting each other's progress like without without much happening right so you really have to do your best to stay there as much as you can right and the Midmatar militia was able to coordinate between time zones in both Vart and Egmar and get it done. There was, there was a lot heavier fighting in Egmar. Vard went relatively quickly, though there, there definitely was fighting in Vard too. Egmar took several days and like on one day alone, I got like 100 kills and there are people who, who outdid me, right? Like it was, it was quite a bloody, bloody event. If you like pull up a Z kill and go to like the stats of Egmar, you can just see like la- last couple months, it's like almost nothing than like 400 and then like 3000 something kills. Like you can just see like the, the massive spike in, in fighting that happened. Oh yes, absolutely. So this fighting that was occurring, what, like, what does it look like? If you say there was fighting going on to the average Nelsec player, that's like Munins brawling over a Citadel. You never see a Munin. You never see a Munin. There are citadels in the system, and people sometimes do shoot citadels, and you'll see like heavier, heavier fleets on like citadel fights. But for a systems, for flipping a system in factional repair, it looks very different. There are anomalies in the systems called complexes. So if a faction warfare person ever talks about plexing, they're not talking about increasing their omega sub. They're they're talking about completing these these complexes each one is gated to a certain size of ships so a novice can only have tech one and faction frigates enter there's like a gate it's like dead space think of like an ess it, it look, it's it's the identical mechanics to an ess where you warp to the outside and you go into the gate it's all dead space the only difference is it doesn't scram you inside like an ess does right and you can't steal money right you you orbit a button right instead so you go inside and if you are attacking the system you have to kill a little npc that it has some defenses but it doesn't hurt you very much so it doesn't influence the pvp battles very much and the other people have to come and shoot you and and kick you out of it if you're set up inside you have an advantage you get to be at the range you want to start at and 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 all that so it's harder to come into somebody than it is to, to be in and wait for somebody. So you want to get in there first. But what this means is you have to have ships of all different sizes because like the novice is for frigates, the small is for destroyers, the medium is for cruisers, and then you have larges and opens, which can be battleships. And open opens are just, they're, they're ungated. So you, you, you can technically warp anything into an open. It, it, like I've seen Titans warp into an open. It, I don't. I don't suggest it, right? It's not. It's not normal. But like, it, you can you can bring anything into an open. So you need to have all different doctrines of all different sizes, and basically be constantly reshipping and reinforcing yourself. Basically throwing ships into the meat grinder. Like in novices, it's it's punishers for days. Like pu- the Punisher is the munin of faction warfare, right? Like. And auto cannon punishers, even auto cannon, double plated punishers. 
with with no rigs is this intentional no they're they they did not fit their rigs they're probably oh, in the okay. cargo yes they're, pro- okay. <laughs> they're probably in the cargo <laughs> right whatever kill bill you are looking at they did not fit their rigs because you you basically need to dive in there and and keep reshipping if you die you come back in another punisher <laughs> right I'm, hang on, Arcia, you were flying a blaster punisher. I I flew both, but I I bamboozled some people at some point in my life with a bl- <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So this sounds like it is going to be extremely taxing on whatever FC or even group of FCs has to manage yeah, however it, many nodes and It needs to be a group of FCs because you need to be there 24/7 and cover each other. On Min Matara side, we have several good people. Harkon from from Ashra Khan, Harkon Thorsten, who's been on the show before, is the Ashra Khan chief, Chief Thorsten. They have 40 Winks, who is another big name in the Min Matara militia. Pol McSleeve, among others, there, there's a lot of good people. I, I did a couple shifts some hours here and there I, I did i did my part but there is definitely people who put in even even more time than me a lot of people worked really hard to secure each of the two systems so is there are these sorts of round the clock sieges happening just all the time in faction warfare or is this a renewed interest with these events for the stellar transmuters they're definitely not something that's always going on. There, there's not always a siege because it it requires a certain set of circumstances where one side says we're going to flip this system and the other side has to really give a shit about it too. Because a lot of times when the war zone is, is working against you, you will be most interested in protecting the systems you care about docking in because when you're, the other side controls the system, you can't can't dock in the stations right you don't want to lose access to stuff that you might have there and like it, it's like a bit of a pain in the butt if you don't control the system even if, if even even if you have a citadels because then you you can't tether and you lose some stuff like that but when the tides are working against you all the systems that you don't really live out of you don't always you aren't always willing to commit as hard as maybe somebody who wants to take it well because you're you're more worried about stemming the farmer tide in in your home space right because the flip is against you there's a lot of a lot of farmers who don't really interact with the rest of the militias who are just like it's it's almost like a passive force against you at the moment i'm hoping a lot of that will be changed and fixed with the updates that are coming that is one of the the highest priority is to stem the farmer tide and make things more about the people who are looking to fight. I'm glad you brought that up because actually we noticed on Singularity right now that if you try to do faction warfare missions, there is no LP reward. Is this going to be something like if it actually hits TQ and that sort of thing, it isn't just a bug, would I this think... be a strong step towards that? I think the thing in Singularity is that I think it wasn't giving LP for any missions. 
Oh, okay. So this is just a CC specific so thing. This I isn't an actual mechanic. CC is just bugged. I I will say that the there'll be a lot of changes for faction warfare, and I I I can't tell you what they are necessarily, but um, there's a lot of stuff that excites me. I do wish that even before this event, the announced allegiance system was already out. I think that is the biggest miss so far out of out of everything. I think the allegiance system should have been put out before this this data gathering event this for both sides. And sort of what is that and what impact would it have? So right now, in order to enlist in faction warfare, you either have to enlist your entire alliance or corp, whatever is highest. So if you don't have an alliance, your corp, if you if you're in an alliance, the entire alliance has to enlist. Or you have to leave your corp and join either another one or the NPC corp. And I think this is the single most, single biggest thing that discourages people from getting involved in the faction warfare zone because faction warfare war zone because they don't want to leave their friends. I think there's a lot of people who would put time in and interact with the militias and, and have fun doing that if they didn't have to leave their group of Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. This event in general, it is very different to I would say from all the previous ones where it's just like data size or combat size. Like Arcia said, like with the allegiance system, people like me who mainly plays in NOL can take part and try at least at least I would say give a try to faction warfare. My experience is I've went from straight high sec all the way to null sec. So I kind of skipped the low sec part, but I guess the Legion system would have given me a chance to, 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 to give it a try. Like the thing about Eve is that the game hinges, like enjoying the game hinges so much on the people you're playing with. And well, I happen to like a lot of, a lot of the groups in the various militias and flying with them and even like you find a good group of people you don't want to leave it right even if you might have some varied interests because like that that is the people are what make this game and it will be difficult because it might lead to some strange situations like you being at war with other people in your group if it's not handled well right like if you're in the same corp and you're your your war targets to each other it's like that is that is a possibility in in this context i mean i feel like a lot of people would enjoy this i i think the solution to that is to let let groups set allowed allegiances if they if they care about that the same way you can set friendly fire on or off you could be like so, like, I, if I'm an Electus Matari, I could be like, okay, you guys are allowed to join the Min Matari militia, and that's it. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine if people in, like, One Faction Warfare started doing the allegiance for the other one, even though their corp was literally in Faction Warfare? I mean, I expect that if, like, the entire group is enlisted, it, it wouldn't, it would overwrite it, but that's just my guess. Yeah, like that that's probably among the reasons why it's so hard to implement, right? I mean, yeah, it's like for example, I mean Jakaris, like some someone 
in Greenstorm, right? It's trying to context one of the complexes that I'm in, right? We have strict rules of not allowed to shoot in blues. So what are we supposed to do in that situation, right? It's, shoot blues. It's, no, we're not allowed. So <laughs> there has to be some sort of like solutions or systems that have to be set up either by the Alliance or by CCP. If you shoot a blue in a complex and nobody hears them scream, did you really do it? Well, then, and that's the question is like, it would just be like a kill mill in low sec, right? Then somehow okay, but hear me your, out, like, Let's in, just say both complexes. of you. Let's just say both of you don't have your APIs on Z kill. Is there really a key kill mill? There'll be a kill mill anyway. It's just not going to be on Z kill. But kill mill. I mean, sounds like sounds like a problem for people who don't want to shoot blue. <laughs> I don't want to shoot blues either. But the thing about being in an RP motivated group is if they join the Amar militia, they're not going to be blue anymore. Right. Right. Fair enough. All right. So it sounds like a lot of activity is happening here. Is the Mimitar going to be continuing to push and try to get that third stellar transmuter system, or do things seem to be calming down a little bit? What does the future so, look like? Since, since the, I think Tuesday is when. Igmar flips since then it's been a little quiet a little quieter going for turner is a bit difficult it is right next to the Amar mills main staging area because they stage out of asset so it, it would be hard to even get a citadel down and start supplying it so turner is a lot more of a, a tough nut to crack than the other two I, I think the main focus should be on just pushing everything everything else and holding the two. I, I think that that sh should get us over the finish line if we also keep getting the the hacking sites to to get more stellar observation data. But that's ultimately going to be a call that that's probably made by Usher Khan, which is the largest group in Minmill, because in order to siege something all the various groups pretty much have to be on the same page. And it makes sense to me to support Ashrakhan in what they choose because they are the biggest group in Minmel. So for players who aren't in Faction Warfare and this Allegiance system isn't out yet, they can still participate in like the collection of data and stuff like that, right? Yeah, right now, if you want to support one of the, the various empires and you're not in the militia, you can go do the hacking sites the NPCs will shoot you. So you'll have to destroy the NPCs in the hacking sites. But you can collect the tokens and turn them into any of, either of the empires. And it, it's, it's definitely a bit of a pain in the ass with the NPCs shooting you. If you're in militia, the ones that are for your militia won't shoot you. The other ones will. So the militia people have a bit of a leg up, but anybody can participate in that, in that part. Fair enough. I do want to quickly touch on, because when we talk about you have to hack and you have to shoot things, the first ship that comes to my mind is, of course, like Stratios Nistero, maybe a tier three. Uh, it's, also... frigate, it's frigate, a novice frigate. Okay. Restricted. So a Stero is definitely a choice. What about um, the new Navy Scanny frigs? They Have definitely, seen... they are clearly good for this event because they have they have you have to scan down the sites and you have to hack the sites and you have to shoot things but like 
I mean, they're not, you could probably do it in like a combat heron too. Like the ships aren't super, super like strong. They, they're a bit, they're a lot more of a pain in the butt than the, the novice rats. So they are like a real competition, but the scariest part is that they like scram you while, while they're fighting you and other people, if they're in the system might come to say hello. Fair enough. All right. Any final thoughts on faction warfare and these sort of ongoings before we move on? I think that the event, the events so far have highlighted that the objective based storyline driven sort of gameplay does push faction not at least at least this one area of space to be a lot more vibrant than it it is otherwise it it gives us and reasons to fight over systems that lead to some of these sieges that player some players enjoy enjoy, enjoy so much and i i think it it serves as a, as a pretty big proof of concept for the incoming storyline arcs especially because going back the last few months before this this event started like it was it was depressing how how quiet at least the Minmatar and Amar war zone had gotten the Caldari and the Galente war zone has been a little healthier for for a bit but i'm glad to see that in the end this this storyline did produce a fair bit of content both sides fought hard a, a lot of people had a lot of had a lot of fighting and that's always good for you absolutely all right before we jump too far into looking forward to the future with some dev blogs and patch notes i do want to mention that the halloween horrors event i'm going to call it crimson harvest just because that's what it used to be but i think it's officially halloween horrors that is ongoing right now shen and arcia have either of you been able to participate yet other than like the login rewards and stuff yeah i have done a couple of the combat sites so at least the new things for me is like the amount of fracas there are and the amount of chong aggro is at least in my mind, is much, much worse compared to last year. And the, like, the tracking for those frigates are really hard as well. I tried to use uh, a paladin with like a heavy web and a normal web, and then my, my terrorists still cannot track it. So it, it, it definitely requires either... Like it says it's up to like battleships, but I feel like a cruiser, a well-fitted cruiser, would be like, maybe the best solution in this case. Gotcha. I am seeing somebody there. Here it is who mentioned in the chat that they absolutely love the events going on right now because it has a 90% PvP loot drop. So thank you, Varog, in chat for pointing that out. So I've seen a lot more Marauders doing doing the sites. Obviously, in the highest sec ones, it's like Marauders online. But even in the low sec, you see a, see a fair amount of Marauders. They're just so strong right now. I haven't particularly gone out of my way to run any yet. I don't really do a lot of the PvE events. But some some people from my alliance went and they went out and they shot, went out to shoot both the Blooders and the Amar. And they got dropped on by a Marauder and died. So, so 10 Classic. out of 10. 10 out of 10 kill my alliance mates. 
Awesome. So this event, it is everywhere in EVE, so high sec, low sec, no sec, and wormhole space. And it's on. It's going to be on for a few more days. It ends on November 1st. So you still have another week to log in and get your login rewards and uh, enjoy these new sites. Looks like Draken in chat does them with Harbingers. Battle cruisers are probably going to be a good option for tracking those frigates because they still use medium weapons. Harbaby is best baby. Well, I would say some of the ships just do a lot of neuting. So energy-based weapon, you have to consider the cap thing as well. Fair enough. Yeah, the Blood Raiders, they do like their neutralizers. This is true. I remember Have the you ever first... considered just drawing your energy from the power of youth? Some of us don't have this luxury. Arcia, okay? God. So you um, mean doing a, sh a shimu with like a medium that that's the power of like blood zombie fanatical religion but yeah. but it's close i i get it it's like using blood readerships to fight blood readerships <laughs> i mean why not right Ca capsulators I mean, can be practical i mean that's where all those bonuses right all those boosters you get with the webs and all that stuff right they're all meant for blood readerships so we should capitalize on those <laughs> I mean, wouldn't the, the true flex to be bringing out one of the Blood Raider Alliance tournament ships to run the sites? What's the, what's the frigate? I know they have the road, not the Rodiva. The cruiser that's the Logi cruiser that's Blood Raiders? I forget what it's uh, called. Ibisu. Yes. What is the frigate? The, no, the, no, I'm thinking of the, the Malice, right? The, the, the Malice is also very good. I really like but... that one. Malice and the Vangle are like my favorite ships ever. All right, chat, help us out. Ah, here we go. Somebody whose name I cannot pronounce, but it ends in Nista, says the Sadies. Sadies, excuse me. Yes, that's the frigate Yeah, I had no idea what that was. Let me, let me Google it and see if anybody's been doing these. I, I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> Listen, a girl can hope, okay? It's like the Von Hole signal would be, would be in the sky already. I, I can feel Wonho just like in our chat just waiting. <laughs> Somebody's been out doing it. Hey, congrats to Turon Gorp. Back in July, flying their Sadies around. Looks like they're like the most prolific Sadies pilot at the moment. I, I have a silver magnate. I've never used it. <laughs> what was the source of the silver magnate? The Amar tournament. Oh, the one that you won. And I didn't win, but I beat Elise Randolph, and I brag about it a lot. Fair enough. We, Who is now known as CCP Swift. Swift. But we were on the, the Serum team, and we were, we were like a match-off from getting to the finals. But since then, my character is defected, and I'm on Minbatar's side. But, but that, was, that was some fun times, and I... Yeah. All that right. is my one tournament chip. We do have somebody Until in the this chat. Year, of course. Oh. For EM, for the AT, because the voting is how it works. Did you make it through the, the trials? Yeah, we were, we were the Bruder, Bruder Tribe's sponsor. We made it through the, the feeders. Awesome. Yeah, uh, so with this event, it's like one more thing is like there's that, still that 90% drop rate. Which is, I think you highlighted it. Yeah. That just, be careful ganking, I would say. It's, it's one of the seasons where gank happens the most because like, it's the easiest time to get reward from a gank. So 
Yeah. Fair enough. And we do see ganking is still happening per usual. Unfortunately, the Z-Kill advanced search doesn't give me the same ability to look up stats and things to see how it may have increased over time, but we are seeing some ganking happening. So that's be careful if you're flying through Jita or even just through the various trade routes in a hauler. You don't want to be somebody's juicy target. No, just totally autopilot through Udama. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah, put put 20 billion esque in a freighter. Just just autopilot through Udama. And the cargo hole everywhere. Yeah. No reinforced bulkhead. Yeah. The weather okay. report is that it's totally fine. For those like me who aren't good with sarcasm, that was sarcasm. And an unsarcastic note, we have a chat, a member of the chat, Oda One Coda, who wanted to remind everyone that cap batteries are a thing that are very strong. They're mid-slot modules and can be very good at reducing the impact of energy newts on your ships if you do want to go participate in this Halloween Horrors event. So there you are. I think that's all I have to really say about this particular event, and I am really excited to start talking about what's coming in the future. Do we want to start with the stuff from E-Vegas and CC, or do we want to start with like the sneak peek and little things patch notes? Anybody have a preference? Uh, let's start with the little things, I guess, and then work our way up. Awesome. Let me try and find that post again, because it is absolutely awesome. Personal fittings, baby. This is my favorite. It's like four of right. I've seen in a while. Okay, okay, okay. So, Arcia, your favorite change is the doubling of personal fittings, yeah? Yeah. All right, D fair enough. Because, like, I don't know about, about you, but I've been around for a while, and so I have a lot of fits saved. And every time I want to save a fit, I have to, like, find something else to delete. Yes, and exactly. And it's a pain in the ass. All right. So now I have a little bit of time before it fills up again, before I get back to that point. So how many years do you think it took to fill up your fittings the first time? Six or seven. And how long do you think it's going to be before you fill up this amount? A week and a half. All right, fair enough. Shen, what is your favorite change? Definitely the watch list one. I mean, as all, we do a lot of... Uh... Like, at least being a logistic pilot, there is the uh, limit on how many people can add to your watches. Like, 100, I feel like it's a little bit excessive. I don't think my, my screen's able to fit that many, but, like, it's good that, yeah, it's, the limit has increased through that much, so we have the option to, at least, to, to add so, those people to our watch list. Yeah, that is, that is an awesome change. People have been asking for an expanded watch list for years, Almost as long as they've been asking for Logi on kill mails, but we're still waiting for that to happen. That was honestly going to be my favorite change, but I will choose another one that I really like. And it is this one that is when you open a wreck, the focus is now on the loot all button. So you can just like fly over to a, sh fly over to a wreck, open it, and mash enter to loot it. Which is fantastic news for me as a brave affiliated pilot just carrying on the tradition of looting the battlefield while you're fighting. Just less attention I have to pay to the looting and can still like somewhat pretend to participate in the fleet battle that's ongoing. So that's so, very good news. What, what I didn't mention, I mentioned personal fittings, but alliance fittings are going to be a thing now too, which is also pretty big, right? Absolutely, yes. Let me see if because, I can find it. There it is. Alliance there's a lot of groups added. that just work. 
work at the alliance level together, right? And so alliance fittings are potentially even more important than corp fittings. I think the one part that might be annoying about this is you have to be in the executor corp to have a specific yeah. role. That's and like everything though, right? Like Most alliances are very protective of their executive corp or executor corp. Well, it sounds like somebody's got a lot of work to do in the executor corp. I mean, it's like the way it goes. It's the difference between opening your contract, your alliance contract, and then try to search up a doctorship and then simulate it to literally just open your fitting widow and then it's going to be there. Yeah, this is awesome. Borag in chat is mentioning that you can multi-fit tech 3s or will be able to. I think that's already a thing, right? Correct me yeah, if I'm that wrong. was that was a change from... It was still pretty recent, but that was announced a little while ago, right? Also, one thing that makes me very happy and probably a lot more of my wormhole friends, you can now save mobile depots and mobile tractor units and all sorts of other things into your save fitting. So as you're making sure you have your care package for a scanning refit, you don't have to add the mobile depot later and get that annoying pop-up error saying, we don't recognize what this is that you just imported from Pypha. So yeah, that is an awesome change. Are there any other... Oh, jump clone locations now being added to the map. That, I feel like, is going to be really handy. Also, the first one, when like when you're trying to jump clone, you automatically leave your ship. That is something that's very helpful when we're, let's say, going to another place or jump cloning to another place to, to have battles. It will save some work, but it will not save the session time. Like It is still 10 seconds. It will... session time. Yeah, I mean, it's always so frustrating when you're like, you dock and it's like you want to jump clone but but like you're in a ship so you leave the ship and then you have the session timer and it's like yeah yeah agree with if that. it's just the session timer it's at least a little, little less annoying right i mean what gets me with this though i maybe i'm just a bad eve player but i will jump into a system or jump into a station and be like, okay, I'm going to jump clone and mash the jump clone button and not read any of the error messages that pop up. And so I'm just mashing it and it's not working because I'm thinking, oh, it's just a session timer. I'm waiting. And then 30 seconds later, I'm like, why is this not happening? And then I finally read the error message. So this, I feel like, is just for me so that I don't get stuck while the rest of my group is waiting on me to jump clone <laughs> because I don't read error messages. Yeah, but I, I can't tell the secrets that it was that it was just for you and we were just talking about you behind your back in, in the CSM. Can't uh, break that into yet. Yeah, yeah, do it. Totally. Alright, let's see if there are any other ones that are particularly helpful here. Stuff about repairing. The stuff to repair all modules with Nanite as opposed to just one at a time is gonna be super helpful for sure. Until you have to click cancel repair at everything in order to fight, right? Oh, goodness. <laughs> like Is there not a cancel everything? Is it single? I don't know. That would but be But it would obnoxious. be really funny if there wasn't. I, now I expect that to happen. Honestly, like, that's probably what's going to happen. It's okay. It's just another item for the next little things list. We will all be very happy to see it. All right. I think that is the most interest oh and you can now repackage multiple ships and destroy their rigs previously you'd have to go one by one to repackage them if they had rigs super helpful for moving like ferox fleets or other things that are cheap and you'll just rebuy the rigs or what have you awesome so those are the little things some other things up and coming or i should say some things that just happened we did have some patch notes 
this is just the introduction of the Crimson Harvest and holiday, sorry, Halloween Horrors event, as well as the activation of the Stargate, I believe. And then we have a sneak peek of what's coming in the Uprising expansion. I think it was just sort of like a doubling down on what will be coming in this particular thing. Unless I'm mistaken. Is there anything new in this devlog or is it just confirmation of what we'll be getting? I think it's mostly confirmation. Awesome. But they do mention a significantly increased LP reward in frontline systems. So good to see that that is confirmed. And it goes through a bit more detail on the various mechanics. We have somebody, Orion, in chat is asking if there's a thumping noise. Does anyone else hear a thumping noise? Good I do news. Not. Okay, it is just the ghosts in your closet, Orion. You probably should do something about that, but focus on the stream first and worry about that later, okay? Oh, no, multiple people in chat are hearing it. Sounds like a disco. Oh, no, Tib is fine. Who knows? I feel like just multiple people are haunted. Well, oh, Nick hears it. admit that you live above a disco and you have disco fever? I mean, we're near Halloween, so like ghosts are pretty common nowadays, I guess. Well, team, I have no idea because I don't hear it. Some people hear it. Other people don't. This could just be one of those weird Twitch things. I don't know for sure. I'm very sorry. I guess I'll find out when I go to edit the podcast. Okay, but let's get on to talking about stuff that's been happening in E-Vegas and stuff that's been getting leaked. Shen, I know you have a list together, or at least some things on the top of your mind, so why don't you take that away? Uh, okay, for, I think I'm going to start with some of the faction, well, Navy ships. I mean, got a sneak peek of those Navy destroyers. So, like, it was talked about, basically, before the event, I guess, that there will be some Navy destroyers coming. It just, we got a really confirmation of that. So there'll be, I think, I'm not sure it's four of them or all eight of them coming in a singular patch. Yeah, that one. So yeah, so that is really interesting. It's like destroyers, the only quote-unquote faction ones we have is really the Kikimura. But that one is not really, like, it doesn't have the faction logo on it, essentially. And we don't have any faction destroyers in any of the other, like, pirate factions. So it's only the Navy ones. Uh, well, it, right now, it's coming. <laughs> it's only the Navy ones. So we have to see where their price especially lies after, like, the first initial release, of course. So we can see, like, their usage and how cost-effective, essentially, they are. So I think that... Navy destroyers are significant in that with the upcoming faction warfare changes, as announced on that stream Aurora did a while ago, with the plexes being split into advanced and navy variations, navy ships will pretty much be the apex ships within the navy plexes that won't be allowing T2 ships. So in the small navy, faction destroyers will be like like the Navy faction destroyers will be far and above the strongest ships that you can bring in. As for a price point, like y you expect they'll sit somewhere between the frigates and the cruisers, probably mostly coming from faction warfare itself because the militias do have the cheaper ships LP wise than other LP. So I expect they're not going to be too outrageously expensive because militia 
militia gotten ships are often not too bad. Yeah, well, we have to remember, for example, uh, Sveapol is about 55 million right now. So that's basically, I, I think, the ceiling for what price will be for faction destroyers once it's stabilized. If it's too expensive, people just can go for this Sveapol, right? It is, for example, it's also a destroyer, it's tech 3, probably requires a similar amount of skill, like a destroyer 5, it doesn't take that long, I would say that. And... It just we're gonna see how much LP and also the building requirements in like in the industrial side of it as well. Tech three destroyers can't get kit into even small advanced. They have to go yeah. into mediums, right? So in faction warfare, tech three destroyers have a big disadvantage. When they first came out, they were they were like oppressive, incredibly super oppressive. oppressive. The people and the confessor, especially back in the day. Oh like, my goodness, so, did you yeah. remember flying them with 10MN APs before they fixed I the mask? I had a 10MN dual rep confessor that was cap stable. It was the dumbest thing I've ever flown in the game. And I've flown a lot of dumb things in the game. Right. Who is the streamer who got really popular around? Was it Fintaru? Do I remember the name right? Who was flying around the stupid expensive confessors with like A-type enams and stuff inside of them and just nuking people? Oh, that was great. Yeah, no, but what they did is they removed them from the smalls. And to this day, they can only get into mediums. So with the update, Tech 3 Destroyers will be in the medium advanced boxes, which put them up against a lot beefier stuff than the small ones. So what about the interdictors though? Can I still they're take allowed my in, in Aris out and like nuke things with 900 DPS? Yeah, they're allowed in smalls. They'll and they, they will be allowed in small advanced plexes, right? The tech two destroyers, command destroyers and interdictors are allowed. Awesome. Alright, Shen, what's next? What are we talking about next with these changes from Eve Vegas? I mean the other thing they hinted at is the faction dread or the navy dreads actually this time so the 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 thing that's very different with dreadouts and let's say destroyers right is that dreadouts they have the siege module which means that they're not allowed to be repped or being like remote trans captions emitted during that time which means that it's basically live or die for that five minutes which puts the cost and cost effectiveness of a dreadout to the test. That's why you see a lot of revelations and Nagafars, but not a lot of, let's say, Moroses or Phoenixes. Fair enough. Yeah. So, for example, like right now, it's the only, we, what we can see, like a faction dreadout that we, can, we see in on battlefields is the Nitra. And more often, people put it like 100 kilometers away from the main dread brawl and then just, just use the long range ammo to start ramping up the damage. That's like the only, I would say, faction shred that's cost effective. Everything else, it costs way more, but doesn't really give that much an, of an advantage compared to its normal T1 counterparts. Right? Like if, if you have 10 dreads in front of you that, that's dropped on you, of course, you're going to focus on the most expensive one because it got pretty much a similar tank. Like, like the faction ones got, gets a little bit more at least we're talking about the pirate factions right now. But hopefully the Navy ones, they, their increase in price will justify their effectiveness 
the increasing price will be justified by their either firepower or survivability. Fair enough. We have a member of chat asking about fixing Navy BPCs that are being useless because of their high build cost. Is that an interaction with LP stores again that I'm understanding? Or do I, are they, we talking like pirate fashion? So when you buy the BPC in the LP store, you have to build it. And the because of the industry changes, building is often more expensive than hauling in a ship and converting it. So like when if you want a, a Tempest fleet, for example, you have two options. You can get the BPC and build it. Or you can bring a Tempest and like the Minmatar or whatever chip and convert it to a, the, convert the Tempest to a Tempest fleet. And right now, post-industry changes, it's just more, more efficient, cost-efficient to convert it, which seems kind of ass-backwards because it's instant, instant, instant gratification rather than building a thing. But hopefully that is something that will eventually get addressed but that is how it stands right now i mean lots of things are getting addressed though so let's move on to other things that are coming in uprising we have this lovely slide with a kind of a timeline but not really you Looks made like... me talk about an industry like i did what it, this Thank is like this is the the it must be halloween it's like the x-files in here rca mentions industry all right so ship balance is happening, including heavy assault cruisers, which we will talk about that in a moment, because oh boy, the Munin. Probe window blink, I have no idea what that means. Abyssal dead space changes, we do know what that means. New default overview and multiple overviews, not like just multiple tabs, but multiple overviews. Alliance fittings, expanded fleet window, and more. Which of these do we want to talk about first? Okay, I'm deciding we're talking about the Munin. So, the Munin had some leaked changes to it. These have not been confirmed, but word on the street is they are probably happening. The Munin's going to become a missile ship. Definitely, maybe, probably. What are our thoughts on this? It is very, very dramatic. Like, this is, like people expected changes to hacks, but not to this degree. Like, this dramatic dramaticness of this is very very different from what we expected uh, like people are expecting like say it's gonna have shorter range or slower or less tank or whatever like the kind of nerf that they have been doing essentially to hacks throughout all this time it just we're not ex expecting basically flipping the script right now it's like changing immunity to a missile ship right like what's the next thing like change a, a serp to a what's it called Blasters. Uh, Railgun ship right now? Or... <laughs> I mean, the funniest part to me, and I will point out a, a clever member of the chat noticed, in here there's a line that says decrease power grid by 1,000, which is exceptionally high, which means this is probably fake. But, but, hear me out. In spite of that, everybody's happy. Like, nobody's whinging. The only people who are complaining is somebody's like, well, what's going to be the arty platform? And people are like, the Vagabond. And that was the end of that. The Munin could change to a missile ship and nobody would care. That's the crazy thing about how overpowered the Munin is right now. So the thing about the Munin is it's both overpowered and underpowered. And like nobody gives a shit about it anymore because half the game is like never wants to see it again. And half the game is just like, what is the Munin? 
because if you don't have enough numbers and you can't volley stuff, it's worthless. That's true. Yeah, okay, I get your point. Advantage of minions is first their speed. It is a mementorship. It is fast. And also the fact that like projectile turrets, they can change their ammo to fit damage type so that it will be very effective no matter what kind of people you're against with it. Like sometimes it's not going to be the best solution to the situation, but it will not be the worst one. That's why Munins has been so good. I think the only people who are somewhat upset by this is people who like just produce a bunch of Munin or have a bunch of Munin like in stocks. And it's like, how am I supposed to get rid of all this right now? Fair like we have to enough. admit, they, they, they will produce in a massive, massive quantity. Like no matter what kind of lines you are in, they're used. <laughs> the same as for like Serbs or other things. But yeah, like, we don't know right now how often this will see munis again, essentially, on the battlefield. I mean, we have to wait until either after change or like Alliance will put out an announcement saying like, we're going to retire this and like do a buyback or and we're changing to this, this doctrine. Like, we're going to have to see that in order to either predict or see some evidence in front of us to, to really confirm that. Awesome. All right, let's talk about some other changes that are a little bit more likely to be true. God, I hate, I hate hobo link links. Okay, somebody help me. We're trying to get to the part where wormholes have their lifespan adjusted. So How do I work So it's frigate this? wormholes, right? So mm -hmm. it's not just wormholes, but frigate wormholes are wormholes that allow frigates and destroyers in, and they are hard to close, and they're having their time reduced what, down to like four hours, four and a half hours, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think this is just maybe my opinion. Like, if frigate wormholes are so effective, there should be a way to counter it. Like, like for example, the ha like heavy interdiction closer, they have the zero point thing, which means that they can close some of the bigger wormholes, but like a frigate wormhole doesn't allow that. So I feel like, there should be a solution at least to the problem instead of just like frigates over and over again or just watch out for it type of thing. Yeah, there was Teddy, our resident wormholer, brought up that some people who like to like live in C13s, although you can't really live in them, will be upset because all of their wormholes will be spawning as EOL. So when a wormhole has less than 4.5 hours, then it will spawn as end of life and you have no idea sort of how much time is left. There are different stages and there's a lot of ways to try and calculate how long this hole is going to survive before it disappears. And C-13s are going to have difficulty there. It probably also means that they will get connected to a bunch of different areas of space. I'm kind of curious how this is going to play out. Like obviously it's frustrating if you're in an eviction. One spawns and it's there for 16 hours and you can't do anything. But with 4.5 hours, they're going to be jumping around so much. Won't it be more likely that one will show up? Am I wrong here? Uh, Nobody likes to think about wormholes. I okay, mean, just me. It'll be more like wormhole people. It might be more likely that they'll show up because they're spawning more, but they'll only be up for a little bit. So, like, it's harder to catch the window of opportunity to take advantage of it. I would, I would say. I mean, fair enough, but like, whenever there are, there are freak hole and like eviction events, the defenders are always like 
gotta be ready because you're trying to force a roll you're trying to do a break-in attempt or a breakout attempt or whatever it happens to be like you might not be at 100% but you try to be at least 80% 24-7 four and a half hours is enough time to call all your people and be like hey wake up log in we have an entrance so I, I don't feel like this does exactly what everybody wants it to do but it's a lot less like it means that you aren't stuck for two days without being able to farm in your hole, as an example. Yeah, I mean, as now, I guess the only consideration is like there will be less rollcalls getting hunted. To a certain degree, Kikimoras is one of the most effective shifts to kill rollcalls nowadays, well, plus also the bombers. So, I mean, right now, what you can do is like find a wormhole and then let's say wait until the right time zone, right? When we get enough people and then make sure you scout a rural call or some sort of capital ship that's making isk and you just call your people and then you just go and you have the confidence that the wormhole will not collapse before you go there right now it may not be the case <laughs> it's 4.5 hours right by the time you find it maybe it has two hours left maybe you have one hour left nobody knows at this point so like it'd be much more like risk i guess they're having much higher risk right now compared to before Fair enough, this is also true. Nonetheless, it is good to see wormholes getting some love and some changes, especially for a much maligned mechanic. Let's move on to some other details. Abyssal dead space changes, from our understanding, from what was said during the presentation. Right now, in EVE, if you launch a tier 4 or tier 5 abyssal filament in high sec, nothing happens. You go into the abyssal, you come out, you're safe. It used to be that you would get a suspect timer, and this was meant to balance the risk versus the reward, and now that is coming back. When it was first removed, it didn't seem like it was super important. Just because not much combat was happening there, my best bet is since that time, abyssals have been solved, if you will, so the tier 4 and tier 5 are run much more frequently. And it may actually contribute to more activity and more destruction in high sec if you are popping out as a suspect there. The I mean, it'll, it'll definitely encourage people at the very least, if they're going to do it in high sec, to do it in like the ascend of nowhere, as opposed to running the Manjita, right? But at least spread people out, if not get them to go even farther out. This is true. Absolutely. I always ran mine three from Jita. I feel like three systems out is close enough I can haul my loot back. Far enough away, people probably aren't going to gank me. Other things that are happening with multiple overviews. Honestly, I just have no idea what this looks like. The, the people who were there in the presentation, like Rain was there, and she seemed incredibly excited. I just don't know what this is going to look like. This could change everything. This could change nothing. We will have to find out, but that's an interesting I mean, change to say the least the idea of multiple reviews is is fantastic like being able to have like your capital op capital overview open on one and then just like the enemy just like the enemy subcaps on the other if, just just for an example is, is big or like if you're mining have your have rocks and enemy ships and when you see the like you see anything on one of them you leave <laughs> right <laughs> Or Absolutely, I don't know. yeah. I don't know. 
I didn't, I just, like, my brain hadn't even gone that far, but now that you describe it that way, like, absolutely, I can imagine myself, like, if I'm doing a small fleet, having a friendlies overview and an enemies overview, as opposed to having the mix and trying to click the right one and misclicking and repping the I enemy on accident. I don't want to see my friendlies, uh, but now you can just have a hundred of your friendlies on the watch list, so you can yeah, see, you can see how there. far they are. I can't yell at Dave yeah. for being 200 kilometers off and out of my rep range, like... I need to be able to flame Fair my enough. flame my fleet for not being in rep range, preferably part, before they're getting damaged. Part of that would be like different tabs, I would say. At least for me right now, so over here I use is like friendly is on one tab and then hostile is on the other tab. So I guess it solves some problem with just different tabs, but it will be interesting. Basically, you can see more things, I would say, uh, or more people on like let's say two interviews opening at the same time, uh, overview. Overviews. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. We'll see how the, the overview sharing process happens to work. If we'll be sharing different setups for multiple overviews, that'll be really cool. Or you can just have your enemy ships and like your pod saver. So when you die, you can just warp out faster. It's a low set gameplay. Yes. We have somebody in chat, Eden Trade, asking if CCP is going to be delivering on this. They still haven't done much with the FanFest info they gave us. I mean, I'm going to have to hard disagree on that one, honestly. Like, sure, XL is missing, and this makes me very sad. But we've gotten a lot of the Faction Warfare stuff, and the slide is named Changes Coming in Uprising. So, like, it's going to be very easy to tell if they fail on this, because it just won't be in the expansion that's happening on a set date. So, I, f I feel like of any of the changes that are talked about, th these are more likely to occur because they say this is the expansion they are coming in. Yeah, you're also salty about Excel. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Let's move on. I think that's all I want to talk about for this particular slide. There are, of course, potentials for other hack changes beyond the Munin, probably a troll, but who cares anyway, change. We also had some slides about the DBS and... You'll have to pardon our drunk camera weapon when trying to take these photos. But apparently, the dynamic bounty system is getting adjusted. And there will be a DBS floor at 100. And Chad, I think of anybody, you're probably the best to be able to explain what that is and what this means. Yeah, like, this may not, this maybe just seem just a number change, but this is huge. Like, people have been asking for this for a long time. And we know that it's coming on October 25th. It was right there. So it's like next Tuesday. So essentially, right now, if you kill a rat, let's say it's a bounty on, the, on it is like a million, right? And if the risk modifier is 90, then at the end of the day, after like ESS, after ESS Reserve Bank, all that stuff, you get like somewhere close to like 900,000 because the risk modifier is 90%. So with some places where people have been writing a lot more, the risk bounty modifier is a minimum, like the floor, which is 50% right now. And that would just basically make those systems useless. And those systems tend to be the systems that that's in a dead-end pocket, right? There is a pattern with where systems that are active have higher risk modifier no matter what, and those low Lower ones doesn't seem more, much of activity, no matter what. Like, no matter, uh, you, you're not trying to f pick a fight at a very dead end system in period basis when you can find one at the entrance of, let's say, Quarius, right? You don't go all the way to there. With this change, 
it means that all space is viable. There's no good or bad space. It just some spaces are more risk, re, more risk and with more reward because traditionally they will be the system that has the most fighting, right? And this also make super ratting viable again because back in the days, or still right now, where supers can rat and the uh, DPS go down like really, really quick. And then after a couple of days or after a few weeks, that system is dead. Like nobody's going to be uh, doing much of a ratting in there. It's the, the index is down. Well, chances are it will not, the index will not be down that much because it is very comfortable. The reason why it's down because so many people ratting. So it must be very comfortable in there. But it's just not much of a, uh, a reward, I would say. Yeah, I mean, also smart bomb ratting could come back as well that is another oh, yeah. ratting style yeah. where just lots and lots of rats die RCA, imagine looks like not you have being something. at 200% all the time I mean okay get out of here with your low sec privilege come on now it's 50% everywhere <laughs> but yeah I, I, it's 200% everywhere yeah just run like I should don't know if, what's it called crap beacons in there it, it will go down well actually it doesn't require it damage it now that much but like with like the upgrades and a lot of the anomalies i think losa has traditionally just less anomalies to start with so it's kind of hard i feel like i'm definitely in a minority of the people who is kind of happy the dvs was garbage for a while number one just because i wasn't happy with the amount of is going into the game but also it gave me an excuse to try out different forms of ratting as we mentioned, like Marauders, Super Capitals, Capitals, they weren't necessarily the best because you would drive that DBS down. So it's like, okay, what other income methods don't do that? And I actually found one I quite enjoyed of farming rally points for escalations. Like, sure, you're killing a crap ton of rats with your smart bombs, but the isk that you get is from the escalations and that loot rather than from the DBS and the ticks. So like, it bred some some ingenuity there or at least me to branch out and try new things but it'll certainly be nice to be able to just like log in go do the old standard ratting and then log out especially for lots of other players who that's really just what they enjoy doing i mean with the i guess research of a bunch of sewers ratting right now or that are viable to rat so more people in space means more hunters can have praise and which means that more activities so I would say more people in space in general have, or they have a reason to undock will be the best thing. Like encourage people at least to undock and actually make sure their time and their amount of the cost of their ship, when they, what, what kind of ship they put in, will be rewarded by the ticks that they get. Yeah, and this, this DBS floor is still rewards the people like Arcia and Sleepy Nessie in chat who enjoy their 200% payout for everything. Nessie's also from EM. Ah, uh, fair enough. Okay. Not like either of us kill it. Oh, I guess Nessie sometimes does the event sites, right? I, but uh, I, I, will, I will show up and borrow a cup of Ishtars. Knock on your door. May I borrow a cup of Ishtars, please? Okay, let's move on, shall we? Actually, that was the last thing I had, I think. That's all the stuff that people were conscious to pay attention to. Of course, with all sorts of events, there's lots of side chatter that happens with the devs as they're just milling about. So hopefully as people are less hungover and making their way back into the community, 
we'll get to hear more about what is coming down the line. But definitely lots of things to be excited for from my perspective. Yeah, the only thing we know coming like next Tuesday is the DBS. Everything we talked about, we haven't got a date, but it says it's a lot of them coming in the uprising expansion, which is which was said in November. So like maybe the end of November, maybe early. We don't know about it yet. Fair enough. I it, it'll be done. it'll be enjoyable whenever it arrives. I wouldn't be surprised if there's trying to be some strategic timing around like winter breaks for people in school and university. But we will find out. I, now that I say that, I think about EU's demographic data. Like we have a bunch of thirty-year-olds playing this game, so I don't think it's that I important. Feel out. <laughs> I am so sorry, Arcia. I didn't think you were actually thirty. I am thirty-four. Uh, fuck. So everybody thinks on. I'm younger than I am. Orion's 51. All right, chat, here we go. How old is everyone? I'm 26, by the way. Shen, how about you? I'm 18. Ah, I forgot how young you are. That's right. Children. Nick is 63. Fair enough. I'm one of the youngest I know to who plays this game. (laughs) 40s. Am I the young... So, Shen, you're the youngest person here. I'm the only one in the 20s. Everybody else is like 30s and 40s. This is not a problem for the record. We're just making observations. Shen, Nick has grandkids who are older than you. There we go. Nessie's 24. Awesome. Okay. No wonder everybody's so well-behaved. It's because we have adults here. People in Eva aren't well-behaved. Have you, have you ever met people in They're Eva? being behaved in our chat, okay? Well, yes, it's all that's right. different. Person is uh, 50. That's awesome. This makes me happy. Young people are playing Fortnite. This is true. Even after they removed building, they still love playing Fortnite. Okay. So when are we going to get Eve characters in Fortnite to capitalize? Like, Or just a shooter game in general, you know, Eve-themed. No, I mean, like, Nova is think... still ongoing. There was a, a, what's it called, a survey or something, like a community input survey thing to an old project like Dust514 Discord. Like a few months ago, it was like an official CCP thing and everything. So at some point in the future, definitely happening. I, I am not a shooty games person. No Overwatch 2 for you? That's what I've been playing a I've, recently. I played Overwatch when it, when it like came out like forever ago. A little bit. But I'm, I'm typically not good at first-person shooters. I, I'll play like RPGs and strategy and fighting games and stuff. Fair enough. Shen, how about you? Is Eve your main game or do you have other things that you play as well? What kind of gamer are you? Like Eve and then Genshin Impact. I mean, how Eve do you have time for multiple game. MMOs? What is your yeah. life, Shen? Uh, all right. it, it is a little, yeah. <laughs> multiple MMOs isn't that bad, depending on what you do. Like, I have a f- account to both Final Fantasy MMOs, and I just play it like one with, I play 11 with my spouse, and sometimes I'll RP in 14. But like, Eve is my main game, right? Wow, okay. Maybe I'm just the the lackluster gamer here who can't manage my life with one MMO, let alone two. Imagine not doing MMOs when you're technically working. Fair enough. Okay. Imagine working. Shen, get out of here. That's it. We're gonna end <laughs> the sorry. episode because I can't handle your student. <laughs> I was working anymore. when I was 18. Shut up. <laughs> okay. 
Thank you everyone in the chat for being wonderful. Thank you Arcia and Shen for joining me on the show today. We will see you all next week. Rain should be back in town and hopefully coherent to do the show. This was Talking in Stations. We will see you next Sunday. <laughs>